What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dork Depot episode four. Let's go. Uh, very interesting episode four because in my true episode confusion, this is actually episode five. I recorded episode four twice and the first time I recorded it, I was sick. I'm still sick. I've been sick for like two weeks and I just got to the point where I was like, man, I got to record something because I'm not sounding any better anytime soon. So I recorded the entire episode. I have a whole whole write-up for the episode, recorded it, didn't like it. I didn't like the way I I just sounded awful. And then a couple days ago, I re-recorded it and I just, I was kind of on a time crunch and I was just, I like really shorthand everything and I just didn't really like, it just felt rushed. It felt like it was done for the sake of being done. So hopefully you guys can't hear my kids in the background. So we are doing this, which is going to be a bit of a departure from the original episode I had planned. Um, episode four was entirely a Baldur's Gate three episode and what I liked and didn't like about the game versus 5e. And I didn't want this to be like a recurring Baldur's Gate podcast. At the same time, I want this to be what I want it to be and what it is that I want to talk about. So... We'll talk a little bit about Baldur's Gate. We'll talk a little bit about Baldur's Gate. Um, more so, though, about just what I think of it overall and what I've been doing in it and how I'm playing it and the way I'm playing it. Uh, I think it's a more interesting concept than... I, I did this like, okay, with the things I like about it that I would incorporate in my campaign and the things that I don't like about it and how I would change it. And I actually had that written like two weeks ago. And then in between then and now, like every YouTube content creator has kind of done that. And I I don't care if I mirror what other popular content creators say or in fact, a part of that episode was talking about um, some rules that Dungeon Dudes have proposed and also Jacob from XP to level three. I enjoy those channels. I enjoy their content. And, you know, if I get inspired by what it is they're talking about and I'm playing the same thing and I want to talk about that, then there's going to be some overlap. So we've got that. Um, But also, I wanted to talk about some other stuff. I want to talk about some D&D things. I wanted to talk about some football things. I wanted to talk about some car things today. I wanted to talk about some cooking things today. Just like a a more kind of catch-all episode of the things that I like to talk about. And truthfully, probably the style of episode that I'm going for. I know that people have short attention spans. I do too. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to listen to somebody talk about one thing for an hour when I could talk about it for 15 minutes and it's a lot more interesting. You know, I could talk about it four different times, still give you that hour's worth of content, but break it up so it's not so in your face. So goals for today, like I said, every day we're improving the podcast. We're trying to do a little better each time. Uh, hopefully some more stable, more accurate audio levels. I'm really struggling with mic placement where I want this mic and where it works well. Um, 
So we'll see. I also am hoping that I don't pick up the kids and that you don't overly hear the ice in my glass here. I'll give it a little shake. Um, Gotus has got some whiskey today. I had to go to the dentist today, actually, and I'm not a fan of the dentist. I'm like a child. I didn't have good experiences my whole life around the dentist, and I take much better care of my teeth now, but the damage is done from when I was younger. Um, so I, I need to go more frequently than I do. So it's a lot of poking and prodding. And then of course, for anybody that knows me, the, okay, I'll be telling you guys stories like this all the time. These stories are not made up. These are 100% accurate. The weirdest shit happens to me all the time. I have the weirdest social interactions. The social interactions that I have, I wish I had compiled them all. I could have made a documentary and retired. I, one time I was at a store. I had my kids with me. And my daughter was, my little daughter, my baby was playing with my wallet in the cart. And I got to the register and I never get, I haven't been ID'd in forever. I'm in my mid thirties and I look like I'm in my uh, mid forties. Okay. I've looked like I've been in my forties since I was 18. Okay. I haven't been ID'd ever. So I get to the cash register. I was buying booze, buying a bunch of groceries and the cashier says, uh, what's your date of birth? And, uh, I go, uh, and I was like, I thought she was about to ask me for my ID, which I thought was weird. And so I like pat my pants and I can't find my wallet. And I'm like, oh, it's like, where's my wallet? And she's like, I don't need your, your wallet, sir. I just need your date of birth. I was like, yeah, I don't have my wallet with me though. Like I can't find my wallet. She's like, why do you need your wallet? You don't know your date of birth. And I just looked at her. I was like, do you think I don't know my date? I know my date of birth. I don't have a way to pay you lady. I just rang up 200 something dollars worth of growth. You paying for him? And she just looked at me like, oh, yeah, yeah. What do you think I'm talking about? I don't know where my fucking wallet is, lady. My daughter had it. I forgot she was playing with it. <clears throat> and she ditched it in the cart somewhere. It was fine. But just those little interactions where people like gloss over the main point or just the weird shit that happens to me. So today I went to the dentist. I hate the dentist. I, I, there's very little things, very few things that give me anxiety or stress in this world. I am pretty chill in terms of like worrying about stuff. I dread the dentist. I dread it. I hate going. I hate the condescending talk I get every time. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm not there for a reason. Like, fix my teeth. Um, this poor girl, man, either a student or it was her first day. I think she was a student, but I didn't see a student badge on her. Um, she was not great at her job. And I'm very patient with students. My wife is a PA. She was a student once. And I know when she got home, the doctors and other PAs and nurses and staff and faculty that and the patients that were patient with her. Granted, she was a fucking rock star, just to be perfectly honest she was a baller but those that were good you know it built her up and those that you know blasted her for being a student you know it it gets to her and even her who is my wife being the toughest 
toughest woman I know, you know, it, it can get to you. So I, I'm always very patient with students because I know that they're intimidated. I know they're learning. I know they got a lot going on. This lady, I don't know if she's into some weird porn or what, but when she was putting that little thing in my mouth to do the x-rays, she was shoving it in there and she shoved it so far back one time that I like gag hard and I was like trying to keep it in place and she presses the button to take the x-ray and I like cough it at her. She's like, oh, you okay? And I was like, yeah, that just really made me gag. She's like, yeah, that'll happen. And then she looks at the x-ray and like sees the angle of it. She's like, oh, wow, I had that really far back there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You certainly did have it far back there. And it was like that on every x-ray. I think we had to retake like four or five pictures. And then when we get to like the actual dental exam and they're doing the little thing where they like stab you and then they measure how deep they stab you because that tells them something evidently. I don't know what. It just hurts. It's like, oh, your gums hurt? Let's put six little holes on each side of the gum. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't paying attention, and she kept losing track of which tooth she was on and would need the dentist to repeat it. So the dentist would have to go, you know, would go back and re-stick me. Like, uh, it was this, this, this. And she's like, on which tooth? Well, I thought you were on this one. And then, like, oh, I was, like, three teeth off. Can we redo those? And, like, had to redo. It was awful. So... I'm fit to be tied. I'm having a whiskey. If you could hear it, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to deal with it. It's This is mouth-numbing at this point. So, going on about today, a couple of things we'll talk about. I want to talk about some Baldur's Gate. I want to talk about some D&D. I might even touch on a few of the topics that I had in my original episode four. And then uh, talk about some other things. I want to talk about my fantasy football team, for those that might be interested in that sort of thing. Um, be a quick segment. It's not going to consume a lot of time, but let you know and tell you a little bit about our league and also uh, about a D&D campaign I've got coming up that I'm going to be running. And if you're playing in that campaign, I know a lot of my friends who are players in that campaign listen to this podcast. You're fine. There's no spoilers. You can listen away. Uh, so don't worry about it. Baldur's Gate is amazing. Let me just tell you right now, I've really been enjoying it. Um, I play with three friends, Crescent, Astrosi, Dorden. Uh, they are three of my best friends of all time. I love these people. We uh, see each other every year. I've got a whole group of online friends that we... If you guys have a group of online friends, let me tell you. Start doing a friendcation, man. Uh, we've been now... This is going to be our third year getting together. Everybody gets together in one person's locale. And we do a little long weekend or mini week or whatever... And it's just been a blast. It's brought everybody so much closer in the group. The friendship feels, it feels so much more tangible after you've spent that kind of time with somebody. And at the end of September, we're going to be going to one of our friend's houses um, out in Washington. So it's going to be their turn to host. And we're really looking forward to it. And while we're there, I'm going to be running a D&D campaign. I've got a little one-shot thing, and we're going to talk about it because if you are a new GM or wanting to get some practice as a GM or just looking for something to fit a very short time period without a lot of commitment, I have the solution for you. You guys are going to love this thing, so you're definitely going to stick around for that. And it's not a, it's not an ad, by the way. I'm not sponsored. I just I found a product. It's really good. I'm going to share it with you guys. Um, 
Also on the Weeb front, I got two new vinyls. I got the Bleach soundtrack and the Cowboys Bebop soundtrack on vinyl, colored vinyls, two disc sets with art. Very excited. Uh, on the Crunchyroll store, I didn't know Crunchyroll had a store, neither did my friends. And I found out, and then I instantly spent way too much money on it. Moving on to Baldur's Gate, I have just really been enjoying the hell out of Baldur's Gate. It is such a good game. Still not perfect. Got some quirks. We've ran into some weird bugs still, but it's a lot of fun. I've really been enjoying it. Um, I started as an evocation. So I have the one playthrough with my three friends, and that is my main playthrough. I'm a big, big believer that you play Baldur's Gate in one of two ways. You play it as a video game or you play it as a D&D substitute. If you are playing it as a D&D substitute, you have to be playing with friends. It is not D&D if you are in control of every single narrative. Playing with three other people, none of us are origin characters, so our relationship with the origin characters is really wild because we can't bring them along to anything. Um, and it's made for some interesting and fun moments, Shadowheart um, specifically. And I think it just makes Baldur's Gate feel like D&D. And for all the times that you can get frustrated, that I can get frustrated for sure, when I play with my friends and they don't do things maybe in the way that I want to do it, or I don't feel like they're listening to what it is that I'm trying to explain. Um, you know, you you get those moments where you're like, ah, oh, the fuck, nobody's listening to me. Like, just listen to what I'm saying, guys. For all those little moments, and there's not many, the, the laughs that you have, the moments that can come of it are worth so much more. And I'll give you a few examples. Specifically, if you are playing by yourself, you're in control of everything. So you can't make your own funny moments to yourself. You know what I mean? It's the spontaneity of my friends taking all the equipment in the camp and stacking it on my bed in the camp, like in the campsite. And then in the cinematic, like it's all piled on me. Stuff like that. It's hilarious. I shape-shifted into a cat, and the first thing my friend, I wanted to show my friend, like, I was trying to troll him, like, look, Jordan, I'm a cat. Pet me, meow. Like, just be annoying cat. He just picked me up and threw me into a river. Your NPCs aren't going to have those kind of interactions with you. And it makes for such a funny, you know, all of us shoving each other off of ledges and stuff every chance we get. If somebody's not paying attention, like, sneaking up on one another obviously sneaking up on one another um there is a, another fight um so i can only spoil through act two by the way so if you're trying to avoid any spoilers previous of act two i will be talking about some stuff uh if you've already played through act two you're fine i'm not going to spoil anything unless you miss something that i found but there is a, a gauntlet, the gauntlet of Shard that you have to run. And one of the trials in there is you have to fight a clone of yourself. And as long as your clone is up, if you attack anybody else's clone, you get a pretty substantial debuff. You get a curse and it reduces all your primary stats by one for each instance of damage. So we were like, I was, exp we were reading through the enemy and like reading about the mechanics and explaining it. And then... Right off the bat, it's the first thing Ashursi does. She fucking magic missiled one of them for like four hits, five hits, whatever it was. 
and just tanked her stats like immediately because it was magic missile. Of course, every single one hit and she had the necklace that gave her one extra missile. It was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. So, you know, those moments don't happen when you're playing by yourself typically. So that's why if you're using it as a D&D substitute, uh, th there's only one way to go. And that's playing with friends. Um, I started as an evocation wizard. I really wasn't enjoying it. I don't enjoy spellcasters traditionally in D&D, like pure spellcasters. It's not my kind of gameplay, but that's why I played it. Um, because, as I had mentioned, you know, in the last episode, I'm an advocate and a, and a fan of getting outside your comfort zone and trying something new and learning a class a little bit better. I didn't like the wizard. Um, I'm sure now that we are level eight, nine, I think we're almost nine. If I respect into wizard, I'd find it more fun because I have more than three or four spell slots and I have more spells, but wasn't for me. I like being tanky. I like, I love absorbing a lot of attacks. I play tank in everything. I play tank and from vanilla. Wow. All the way through cataclysm. I play tank in Shadowlands. I play tank in MOBAs. I play tank whenever I really get a chance. Um, I like that kind of class and that kind of role, you know, a meat shield role. So I specced over to Druid. I went Circle of the Moon Druid. And I actually really enjoyed it, but I did recently change to Oath of the Ancients Paladin. And the reason I am changing a little bit uh, more than I would probably recommend is because this is my only playthrough. I don't have another playthrough. I don't have really have... I don't want to make the time to have another playthrough. Um, so because my time is so finite to play, that when I can play and it's with my friends, that's what I want to do. And I don't really have any other time outside of that anyways. Especially if I want to record podcasts and raise two kids and not be a degenerate father. So I... I switched over to Circle, or excuse me, I switched over to Oath of the Ancients Paladin. Uh, Oath of the Ancients Paladin is actually the first long-term character I played in D&D 5e. I had a Oath of the Ancients Paladin named Vondel um, that I got up to, I don't know, I think our campaign ran us through like level 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. It was a long time ago. And I absolutely loved the utility of the character. I loved the theme of the character I thought was a really cool basis for a paladin not so much holy but more nature driven I thought was really cool I was very excited to see it in Baldur's Gate 3 so I think I wanted to kind of just recapture that nostalgia and this certainly has done it for me and I love utility in a class is my favorite thing the two things I love to do is fill a required need at the moment, and I love to be able to uh, soak in attacks. And this allows me to do it. My base AC is 22. That's without Shield of Faith or um, anything, any spells. It's just base 22 AC. Um, my saving throws, because I am an Oath of the Ancients Paladin and I have a an aura for that, um, are really good. So, and my shield has reeling. So... I'm already hard to hit with stuff, and if you make a physical attack at me and you miss, you gain reeling, which gives you minus one on your attack rolls for however many stacks of reeling you have. 
So in like the last fight, there's a skeleton that had, or like a, not a skeleton, but one of the zealots um, had zealots. One of the zealots had like three attacks and there were two of them and they would just sit there like six attacks. All of them would miss. So they'd get three stacks of reeling each. Well, then on their next turn, one of those stacks drops off. Now they have two stacks and now they are attacking me three more times with a minus two to hit against my 22 AC, that's huge. And so then it really starts to compound. Then they have five stacks of reeling. And then their next turn, it drops down to four, and then they get six stacks of reeling. And it just compounds and compounds. It's been a really cool way to build a character. Um, I really enjoyed it. So I like that aspect of the Paladin. I also love filling a niche, a niche need at the time. So if we need buffs, I have bless. If I need to keep somebody alive, I have lay on hands. I have healing radiance. I have shield of faith. I could put on somebody to, to give them, you know, more protection. If I don't want to give it on myself, if we need zone of control. I have moonbeam. If I need to get, you know, position better. I have misty step. I love a character that has all those little, you know, master of none, but a jack of all trades. And then on top of it, I could just lay that big dick damage down and, um, you know, start start burning spell slots with uh, Smite. And I actually, my party just got found me a ring. Let's me restore spell slots, a spell, restore a spell slot as a class action um, that nobody else wanted to sacrifice their rings for it. So, and I had a ring that was kind of useless, so. That was really meant for my druid build. Uh, so I was really excited about that. And I have just really been enjoying the class so far. It's just been a lot of fun. The Everything down to the magic items that I have really contribute to what it is that I want to do in my playthrough as my character. Um, so I recommend if you're not happy with what you're playing, it's 100 gold to respec respec until you're happy like just try everything who cares you don't like it you can respec back you're not really going to miss out on anything the only thing that i found you know you might miss out on originally i was a wizard and i was spending gold on copying spells well that was gold wasted and then stuff that i bought as a druid i don't really need as a paladin so you do kind of you know it's not efficient in that regard but with the amount of items that you find it doesn't really matter. You find way more magical items and spell scrolls in Bulger's Gate than you do in regular D&D. Um, the loot feels it's a little kind of everybody gets something, but I get why for a video game it's that way. A uh, little tip for you guys, for those that are going to be paladins, especially in Act 2. Uh, turn on Smite asks for everything. I know it's tedious to have to answer no or yes on every single attack. But uh, there are enemies that reflect radiant damage at two times, and I crit one of them and immediately just nuked myself because I hit them for like 40-something damage, and then they just sent it back to me for like 80, and I just one-shot myself in this encounter, which put my party in a really bad spot. Um, <laughs> so... Turn that on, because if you have people with thorns damage or stuff like that, that's reflective, especially to the smite itself. Yeah, you don't want to be in there. You don't want to be in there. 
Um, so yeah, so we just got two Moonrise Towers. We did the big fight right in the entrance. Um, we did have to save Scum that one once. Uh, we got we got pretty annihilated the first playthrough. It was very quick. I, I actually think we did a really good job. We just didn't prepare to be in the fight the way that we were. And we certainly weren't counting on some ads. I think if the ads hadn't come, um, probably wouldn't have been a problem. But we just we had to restart. It was no biggie. We retackled it one more try, and we got it the very next try. Um, we actually used the side doors in that castle uh, to kind of do some kiting and funneling. And then we just dropped um, a Shosi dropped cloud of daggers. Uh, Crescent used firewall, and I used moonbeam. And the number of people that were just like trying to funnel through there, it was just annihilating them. And we just got lucky on concentration saving throws, um, especially with my proficiency bonus being added to everybody in the aura for plus two there. Um, we were able to maintain concentration on those things forever. Uh, even when we got disarmed, me and uh, Dorden were the two melees, got disarmed. It didn't even matter at that point. There were so few of them. I could just move my moonbeam around to finish everyone off. Um, so it was a really cool fight. Really enjoyed it, and that's where we stopped. So we are looking forward to uh, continuing that on later today. Um, <clears throat> some of the things that I was going to talk about on the first episode, just some things that I didn't like in um, in Boulder's Gate. Uh, they were kind of like the immersion-breaking things, like seeing the DC values and seeing when you fail a perception or investigation check uh, passively. Um, the long rest abuse, I'm not a big fan of. Um, I don't know what you guys think about it. I don't like long resting all the time. I wish there was at least an option or maybe another difficulty that maybe limited it. Especially because I love the short rest rules that they have. The flat 50% healing and two short rests per long rest is absolutely going to be how I do short rest going forward. In all my 5e campaigns, it's just so simple, so effective, and just so easy to run that way. So it's such a great way to limit short rest, but because the long rests aren't limited, it kind of doesn't matter as much. And, um, you know, some of the other things that I really liked, I love, of course, elemental interactions that you have in video games. I love the no stat requirements for multi-classing. It's actually something I might use going forward. I don't really see why not. Um, I just think it lets people make more fun characters. So, you know, what the hell? Why not? Let them have it. I think Boulder's Gate 3 is a masterpiece of a game. I really do. I wish I had more time to play it. I wish I had more friends that played it more consistently. Um, to my time slots, I should say, because I got lots of friends that play it but our times don't always match up well. It's a great time. It's a great time. All right, moving on. Um, real quick, for those that are interested, I am in a fantasy football league this year. I'll, uh, I'll let you guys know how I'm doing. How's that? You could be a part of my team, whether you like sports or not. Uh, this year, I've been in the same league for... Oh, God. I mean, I could tell you. Um, let me pull it up here. We'll just... We're live checking here. Let's see. So this is ESPN and, um, man, league home since 2015. I've been in this league. So quite a while, quite a while coming up on what? That's eight years. Um, 
it is a pretty standard league. We do allow one keeper um, at the cost of wherever you drafted the player uh, plus two additional rounds. So if you draft a player in the 10th round and you want to keep him the following year, it costs you an eighth round pick. Uh, it's great for those late round flyers you grab. Uh, one of the guys in our league grabbed Lamar Jackson like in his rookie year with a like 14th round pick or 12th round pick, whatever the last team, whatever the last pick was. And has just kept him every year for like nothing, essentially. Um, it's finally now getting to the point where I think he'll start costing like a third or fourth or something like that. So probably won't see him being kept anymore. Um, which it'll be weird to see another team have Lamar Jackson because Big Jim's had him for so long. Um, I did keep a player from my team last year. I actually had the best overall record last year, and I was in the championship game. Um, I actually, oddly enough, though, for those that are football fans, you'll you'll appreciate the story. I think um, I'm the guy that they were uh, they were talking about in fantasy leagues, uh, and by that I mean. I I think confidently everybody agrees I would have won the championship. I had Josh Allen left to play, and I needed 20 points. Uh, he had been averaging 25 points all year. I think that would have been a high, high shootout game against the Bengals. But as you guys all know, the game was stopped due to the DeMar Hamlin incident where he went into cardiac arrest on the field, and it was never played again. So I, I took a goose egg there for Josh Allen, and... Um, we didn't really as a league know how to handle that because it was obviously not something that's ever happened before and unlikely to ever happen again. Um, I think we've got some stuff going forward where if you have a bench player that plays and something like that happens again, not an injury, but a total game stoppage and cancellation that you could use your bench player um, going, you know, for use that score Fortunately, me and the guy that I was playing the championship game with, where it's basically like my cousin, been friends forever, we just agreed to split the entire pot first and second place, so it worked out well for everybody. Um, but you know, hey, anytime there's stuff coming up, you guys got to find the compromise, you know? It's just about putting egos aside. Do I felt like I should have won and I would have gotten the whole pot? Yeah. Um, did I know? So, you know, happy to have something instead of anything. You know, when he, he was actually his proposal, uh, which is a super, super mature and fair thing to do because he didn't have to. And, uh, you know, that's the way you should handle uh, adversities in life in general. Try and compromise and figure it out. So I did keep a keeper, um, Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles. I drafted him last year in the ninth. So he cost me a seventh round pick this year. He's normally uh, going around the second, third round, So which is crazy because so is A.J. Brown. So to have two receivers there, uh, I had the first overall pick cause I had the best record. I got to pick my draft slot. It took, uh, Justin Jeffries, my boys, uh, my boy's boy, my boy, Skippy, who is a diehard Vikings fan. And, uh, yeah. So kickoff is tonight. Chiefs versus lions. Excited to watch that. I'll be watching it. And, uh, yeah. So I'll let you guys know how I do. You guys can, uh, you know, just live in uh, my misery or success with me. So there you go. I'm um, not even going to like go through my team or anything, but just a little fun factoid to break up all the video game stuff. And uh, on that note, tonight for dinner, which might just be the name of the segment, tonight for dinner. I have to get a sound effect for it. Uh, tonight for dinner, it's going to be uh, chicken enchiladas, and I have the easiest way to make a bomb chicken enchilada, guys. So 
listen up. This is for the non-cooks out there. I love cooking. I love making everything from scratch. I love butchering animals. I love growing. I don't. I hate growing any vegetables. But I love, you know, getting everything raw, making my own salsas, making my own seasonings, everything, right? I make my own tortillas. But there are times, especially as you get older, you have kids or you just don't like to cook, where that stuff's not feasible. This is a... This right here, my cooking advice for you guys is going to be geared for the people that are bad at cooking, got maybe a a special date planned for a special someone, want to impress them. Hey, come over to my house. I'll make a nice, you know, it's our fourth, fifth date. I think it's time we uh, maybe put on the old Netflix chill. I'll cook us a nice dinner. I'll I'll teach you guys the way because nothing impresses anybody, not just a man or a woman. Nothing impresses anybody like a good home-cooked meal, somebody that knows their way around the kitchen. So here's what you do. Go down to your local grocery market. There's a couple things you're going to have to buy, okay? All right. Go to your local grocery market. Probably not a Walmart. Probably needs to be like a Kroger kind of store. H-E-B, Safeway, Fry's, Smith's. Um, trying to remember the one in Grand Forks that I went to. Can't remember. Hugo's. Uh, Something like that that's got some, not hard to find stuff, but a good selection. Go to the deli and get a rotisserie chicken, okay? Whole rotisserie rotisserie chicken, they come piping hot. Go ahead and get one. You could also get it cold. Doesn't matter. They have cold ones too. That saves you all the work of making the chicken, okay? I'll show you what to do with this bad boy. Then, get whatever tortillas you want to use. You can get healthy wrapped. You could get, you do it in... Any kind of tortilla you like. You need some chicken stock or chicken broth. Chicken stock would be better. And if you can't find that, beef, or if you have like beef stock at home, just use the beef stock or vegetable stock. Totally fine. You need some heavy whipping cream. You don't need a lot. You need some heavy whipping cream. Shredded Monterey Jack cheese. Now, when it comes to cheese, block cheese, whole like boar's head cheese is always better but we're going for simple here. So just get a bag of the Kraft or whatever brand shredded Monterey Jack cheese, big bag. And then you need a little can of diced green chilies, hatch chilies. There's a little jar of diced chipotle peppers and then a big jar of uh, green salsa, salsa verde, okay? And get a good quality one because you're using all the store-bought stuff. You wanna get, you wanna get the, the good ingredient stuff, okay? And then all you do is just pull all the meat off the chicken. You don't need the skin for anything. So just if it's cold, it's really easy to just pull all the breast meat off. You can pull the thigh meat off if you want to mix in some dark meat with it, whatever you want to do. And then just chop it all up like a chopped salad or pull it all apart like you would like pulled pork. If it's hot, it pulls apart really easy with forks. If it's cold, you probably need to chop it. That's going to be my advice to you guys. Put it in a bowl and then put in however much of the green hatch chilies you want. I use about half of the can. I use like a tablespoon of the diced chipotle peppers. And then I use about a half cup to a cup of the salsa verde. Put it all in there and then just give it all a good mix and that's it. That is your entire chicken enchilada done with four ingredients. Zero seasoning required. The chicken's already seasoned. The salsa, the everything else is the flavor. You're good. You're done. Then pour the 
chicken stock into a little tray, enough to take your tortillas and dip them in there. Okay, you wanna soak your tortillas in that chicken stock because it makes them easier to roll without breaking. And then just fill the tortilla up however much you want, roll it up nice and tight, and then put it in your baking sheet or your baking tray. And you want something kinda high rimmed, and I'll explain why in a second, okay? And then you just keep doing that. You can make, I usually make between eight to 10, put them in, and then once they're in there, you wanna pour some of that heavy whipping cream right over the top. Just give it a give it a good drizzle. Get it down on the bottom in the corners. You know, don't you're not marinating them. It's just you're you're going right over the top with it. And then pile in that cheese, throw it in the oven 400 degrees for 20, 25 minutes till that cheese is nice and nice and goldy brown on the top. Done, baby. Easy, freaking peasy. The rest of the salsa you could put over the top. I use chorizo. I cook a little thing of chorizo with some more heavy cream, and I actually pour that over the top, but you don't have to do that. You just use the salsa that you bought. You don't need to worry about undercooking it because the rotisserie chicken is completely cooked. You're not trying to cook anything. You're just getting everything hot, melting all that cheese down to mix with that heavy cream that makes like a sauce. Dude, throw some green onions on top of it if you want to be extra fancy, some some chopped uh, chives. Beautiful, dude. You are in it to win it. Get some of that minute rice. You know, they have the Spanish. They've got brown, whatever it is you want. Easy dinner, guys. Easy dinner. It's an easy dinner for me tonight. I don't feel good. I don't feel like cooking a whole big-ass meal. So that's what we're going to be doing. All right. And the last thing I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about is my upcoming D&D campaign I've got. It's a one-shot campaign. It's actually a a three-shot campaign rolled into a one-shot. And I'm talking about the Quest-O-Nomicon from XP to Level 3. If you guys have not watched XP to Level 3 on YouTube, go check them out. Jacob, that runs the channel over there, he's a DM. Great content creator, super funny guy. Um, Just had his first baby, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, you know, good time to support a new dad. Um... I love the product they put together. They wrote this series of adventures. There's, I think, 13 or 14 adventures. Each adventure is easily broken into thirds. And not only is it easily broken into thirds, they do it for you. Here is adventure. Here is session one. Hey, are you going to stop here? Here's how you conclude it. You want to go into session two? Here's how you connect them. Here's session two. Hey, you want to stop here? Okay, here's how you would, you know, do your conclusion. You want to keep going? Here's how you get into session three. Okay, here's session three. Hey, do you want to turn this into your own campaign? Here's some ideas. Or you could just end it here. They give you the villains. They give you choices of villains for each campaign. Hey, if you want your campaign to be more, you know, lawful, good, aligned, this is a good villain for you to use. If you want your party to be more... uh morally gray or even evil maybe use this as the villain it's wonderfully written it's so digestible there's not a lot thrown at you there's not there's there's like two to three npcs per adventure that i've seen so far um i am actually going to be running oh i sound like forrest gump there running uh i'm gonna be running rosewood's invitation for sure um, which is a uh, 
An invite to dinner with the prestigious Baroness Rosewood to discuss a job turns into a far more daunting experience than the party plans, and it's... They even have tags, Gothic Horror Exploration Survival. Like, what a great way. So I put... I, I went through them. I found the five that I would like to run. I put it up to a vote. This is what my friends voted on, was Rosewood's invitation. And then if we have time to run a second, we're going to be running the heist. Uh... The group is a group of desert outlaws who have been hired to rob a valuable treasure off of a train, but things don't go quite as planned. Western Heist Industrial. So that will be the second one we run if we have time. But what I love about it is I bought the full pack, whatever you call it. Comes with the digital and the physical copies. Comes with DM screen. Comes with tokens, maps. Everything I need to run the adventure short of dice, which I have... 8 billion of and I could you know have all my other stuff this is going to be so easy for me with very little notes to throw this in my carry-on set it up in my hotel room or set it up at my buddy's house and just run this for us at night when we don't have anything to do you know at nighttime is when we usually get on the computer and play Baldur's Gate or play D&D or play something well, we're all going to be together. So what can we do? Let's still do what we like to do. Boom. This is the answer. I'm very, very excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to tell you guys about it and tell you inevitably the funny stories that come out of it. Because like I said, in Baldur's Gate, it's just more fun with friends. So if you're looking to get back into DMing or looking to learn how to DM, or you want to just practice DMing a little bit more, or you're maybe you want to DM, but you don't have the time for a full campaign, go over to XP to Level 3's YouTube channel. Um, I don't know. I'm sure they have a store. Um, but go there. You'll find a Questonomicon. Fantastic piece of literature. It's very well done. Well, gang, that is everything I really was going to talk about today. I didn't want to make this a whole drawn-out Baldur's Gate 3 thing. I wanted to have a little more variety in the podcast, get used to talking about some other stuff. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to prep an episode for that the way I would normally do it, but hopefully going forward, it'll be a little better prepared for you guys. That's everything that we have for today, though. Thank you guys all so much for listening. I cannot wait to get this episode out. It'll probably be a little bit till episode five, I imagine. I'm fairly busy here up until I leave for War of Frankation, and then coming back, I've got quite a bit of stuff going on, so... Maybe uh, a few weeks here before we get episode five, but I'm very happy with the pacing that I have committed to so far. So I'm good with a little break here anyways. And that gives me time to put together a really nice episode for you guys. That's everything I got. Again, my name is Gotis. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dork Depot. I really appreciate it. You guys have a wonderful day. Peace. Peace.